Captain's Log, 1700 hours, day 73 of the expedition, and we are still cruising at, say, about 10 meters above the ocean's bottom. Has it been 73 days? Uh, yeah, 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 by my time. Oh, I do. Doesn't seem as long when I'm with you, Adrian. Time flies here at the bottom of the sea, doesn't it, Andy? Yeah, and of course with James Cameron as well sitting. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not, you know, the, the liveliest of company right now. I think he's no. he's taking a nap. He's been taking a lot of naps. He's napped at least like sixty-nine out of the seventy-three days. Yeah, no, it's true. I had amazing, but you know, there isn't that much to do. To be fair, we're just we're still we're more or less on cruise control. But I, I tell you what, according to these charts, we should be hitting the trench soon. To explain to the listeners. Why are we in this uh, in this submarine and exploring trench? Well, that's an interesting question, actually. The reason we have James Cameron with us is uh, he's he's funded this expedition to recover the uh, necklace, the famous uh, jeweled necklace that was, of course, lost at the end of Titanic. Oh, ridiculous, wasn't it? Absolutely, just threw that, just threw that. Just in. tossed it. The thing's so valuable. It reminds her of her lost love. It was this whole key piece to the film. Yeah. She just tosses it in the water. An interesting fact uh, for the listener: James Cameron never authorized that from the actress. No, she just threw it in. She went rogue, and yeah. they were using the real, the real historical the real piece, one. not a prop. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. They, he wanted it. He wanted it authentic. Wasn't able to get the real Titanic, but damn it, he was going to have the real necklace. He's a man of principle. And, uh, yeah, so now we're down here in a submarine. Uh, it's got claws in case we do find it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we're, we're entering this, this uh, trench um, I can, hundreds I think, of metres below the surface. I think I can see it coming up. It's Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, look, here we are. Oh, see the wow. darkness after this lip? It is very dark, isn't it? It's so dark. I cannot, I, I tell you what, I cannot see the bottom. No. Wow. That's incredible. Let's uh, just crank, so this, crank this up a gear, descend some more. But look, hey, can we turn the lights on any brighter? Is this all we've got? I think this is this is all we've got, really. Uh, I hope it's down here. We've looked everywhere else. The entire ocean we've looked at. Mm. This is the last place, literally. Yeah. It's always the last place to look, isn't it? That's true. What was that? What just... What? We can't have hit anything. This trench goes on for miles. Yeah, we, we're, we're way apart, fully from the side. Just, hey, there it is again. Do, has something gone wrong with the with the ballast or whatever propulsion? We we got we we did fill up, right? We've got fuel. I think I can see a tentacle. I don't think we're moving anymore. Does that look like a tentacle? Oh my team? god! There's suckers on it. Ah. Um. I think something's got us, Andy. I think we may have found the hypotheticals podcast. you may know, um, there was a, an election recently in the United States of America. God, was there? Where's that? Yeah. Um, I think it's across the sea somewhere. It's like in, <laughs> right. it's in the West. It's Foreign quite a small parts. country, so and luckily it doesn't have much of an impact on the rest of the world, so that Thank was all God. good. But anyway, uh, so, <laughs> this is going to be a topical show. It's not, it's not really. But on the topic of presidential elections, I was wondering what children's fictional character would make, first of all, a good president, and secondly, a bad president. Well, thank God you took it to the realm of children's characters. I was worried this was going to be a serious conversation for a moment. No, God, no. <laughs> Why do we have a, a serious conversation on this podcast? I don't know. It's certainly not in the contract that I made you sign. I did sign a contract, yeah. I, I don't think I ever re- read that contract. Don't ever. No, there's no need. Um, <laughs> kids' characters as presidents or as, as rulers. Yeah, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be a, a president as such. But mm. I was thinking of various uh, kind of categories you can you can have a look at in terms of you know um, qualities of governance and, and what values they'd have. So things All like right, crime, yeah. environment, uh, economic policy, immigration, mm-hmm. foreign mm. policy, unemployment, and education. So I'll start things off to uh, give you an example. Um, so for example, Bob the Builder. Ah, a classic, yeah, beloved um, children's character. Um, yeah, eponymous yeah. star of the same show, and uh, star of a very catchy theme tune. I now am I remembering something that never happened, or did the Bob the Builder theme song top the charts in the UK at one point? It did, yes. yes I mean, did. and at that stage, I don't know if I'm allowed to laugh at any other countries anymore because that's true. I mean, anyway, carry on. So yeah, Bob the Builder, the man, the legend. Well, I'm thinking he in a in a kind of Trump America. 
he might be quite good. <laughs> maybe not as president, but maybe as one of his staff members. Because, of course, he is very good at building things. He is. He needs things building right now. That is true. I Yeah, I seem to recall mention of one large building project in particular. And, and of course, the other thing is, I mean, they're engaged in the process of making a country great again. Mm. And uh, Bob the Builder, as is well known, he can fix it. He can, he can fix it. He can Think fix it. Think of his campaign. It'd be yeah, great. it would be rock solid, like built on a solid foundation. Can he fix it? Yes, he can. <laughs> yes, he can. Straight up. He's slightly stolen it from uh, from Obama's original campaign. Yes, we can. <laughs> but he's just That's taken... true. He might get done for plagiarism, which I gather is, is also a topical issue, actually. At the risk <laughs> of dating ourselves, because people years down the line aren't going to know what we're talking about. You know, years down the line when about 50% of the population are listening to us. <laughs> and to them, I, I apologise. Uh, you may look back on the year 2016 and uh, weep or laugh, uh, as is your choice. So he, he'd be good in the uh, the kind of construction, but what he wouldn't be good at, I think, is unemployment. Because okay. Bob the Builder pretty much only employs animated vehicles. <laughs> and an automation of the workforce is a big problem, you know. You're right. Ever since the Luddites and uh, the Industrial Revolution. Yeah, he's right on the cutting edge. He is taking jobs which should be going to hardworking, honest, working class Americans. And he's and giving, giving them, them to, to slovenly like cement mixers <laughs> and, and trucks with eyes. This is exactly. revolting. And You're the, right. those things, they can work all day. They don't need sleep. They don't need, My you know, God. food or water, just petrol. Just keep them in cement. They're happy. Yeah, they'll be fine. God. That's true. That's a real problem. Now, you'll have to forgive my lack of knowledge of the, uh, the Bob the Builder mythos. Mythos? What mythos. Are those? Mythos. Okay. Um, were there any other humans, or was he living in a world of sentient machines? Did he have a girlfriend or something? <laughs> he, he had a, I think he had a wife or a girlfriend, I seem to remember. Which looked, she looked very similar to him. <laughs> yeah, the character design was not like extensively variable. Yeah, she was quite alarmingly similar. Yeah, I, yeah. I wondered what was going on there. <laughs> Did you ever see them in the same frame at the same time? <laughs> because so. uh, maybe. Uh, okay, so transvestism um, off the cards, but unemployment definitely an issue. Yeah, that's true. That's what about crime though? Is that is that an issue he faced? Um, I don't think crime. Yeah, some of these we won't run into every issue with with these fictional characters. No, but I mean we can we can imagine. I I feel like Bob the Builder would take quite a hard stance on crime. Would be tough on crime. I think so. I think he'd be good for um, rehabilitation programs with his "Can we fix it?" slogan, or "Can he?" That's fix true. It? It's very positive, but I, I don't know. I, sometimes I get the impression there's a mad gleam in those those dark eyes. Yeah. Um, he is always holding a hammer, and <laughs> it's I don't know. It's just I don't know. I wonder sometimes. Yeah. That's all. Bob the Builder will fix you right up. Exactly. <laughs> if you step out <laughs> there's of There's something line. wrong, and Bob is ready to fix it. <laughs> So that's Bob the Builder. Someone who I think would be just all round better is Christopher Robin of Winnie the Pooh. Oh my, yes. Just Christopher think Robin. how amazing he would be because, first of all, environment. He lives in a wood. Yeah, he, yeah. He loves the environment. I'm pretty sure he lives in a tree. He does. He's yeah. like the, the most eco person you can you can get. He didn't even build a house. He just hollowed out a tree. That um, is true. He, he's got, you know, he's got a very diverse friend group you know, he's friends with the bears, with Yeah, the you want to talk multiculturalism, it's ridiculous. Exactly. And I think that would come in, in handy with, um, you know, foreign policy, that kind of thing. Although it's worth adding that I don't think there were any immigrants in the Hundred Acre Wood. Um, no, because Tigger, Tigger is an immigrant. He wasn't there. He moves in. Oh, God, you're right. And he is so accepting of him. And he makes That's him feel right home. You know. Yeah, yeah. Even though Tigger is blatantly a bit of a spaz. <laughs> I mean, let's be frank. <laughs> But then, but then Tigger becomes a valuable part of the team. <laughs> yeah, I think where things might start to go wrong is if Christopher Robin appoints members of the Hundred Acre Wood as his sort of um, state cabinet kind of thing. Uh, you think Winnie the Pooh wouldn't make a good uh, presidential aide? Or I don't think so, especially not if he was in charge of you know like housing. Do you remember the uh, the, the the story where he? found a house made of sticks and he wanted to make a house made of sticks for Eeyore. Famously, So yes. he broke down Eeyore's house of sticks <laughs> and made him another house of sticks. He meant well. I mean, I think we can agree. Yeah. And it keeps the money in circulation. But That's uh... true. He might just destroy Detroit and build it somewhere else. <laughs> I think the people of Detroit might be grateful. Maybe you need that process of renewal, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
I don't think you should uh, sell Pooh Bear too short, because I'm pretty sure he did at the drop of a hat um, stage an expedition to the, the South Pole, or the North Pole. I can't remember. It didn't I seem to remember. have happened at the An time. expedition or something. That's right. Yes, exactly. That's and uh, I think he was quite brave in the face of the Heffalump and Woozle invasion. Yeah, and I suppose, actually, with climate change, he'd be very good because he, he could turn umbrellas upside down and ride right. them through the yeah. floods. He's a man with solutions, essentially. Like, he's never been beaten down and given up. That has never happened. He's a man who understands, like, that he's, he's has simple tastes, but he knows what is right, and he knows what must be done. And he would make sure that the bees stay alive, wouldn't he? <laughs> that is true. Yeah, one of the fundamental issues of our age. Yeah, battle yeah. the pesticides, wouldn't he? Well, straight up, I don't think he knows what they are. I don't think he'd have any <laughs> truck with them. No, stop. <laughs> what are you doing? Give me the honey. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what about uh, what about you? Who do you think would make a good or bad president? Man, those are such like hundred like word Winnie the Pooh, such classics. I'd like to I'd like to bring it to a, a more modern place, um, mm. and I'd like to talk about the land of Ooh. That is to say, the world of Adventure Time. I don't know how familiar you are. Not very. Can be okay. honest. I know that there's a magic dog. Yes, that is that is one of the things about Adventure Time. <laughs> Um, and it's uh, I, I would encourage people to experience Adventure Time if they never have because it is it is difficult to describe. But uh, in the realms of characters who it has many rulers, the uh, the post apocalyptic land of Ooh, and that includes Princess Bubblegum, right? And she and she inhabits the Candy Kingdom, and she's pink, and she's made of bubblegum. And you think she's you know a very sweet prototypical princess. Her job is basically to be rescued uh, by a hero, uh, kind of. Princess Peach, but made of chewing gum. Um, mm-hmm. But over time, you come to, under, to you, you come to sort of glimpse uh, other aspects of her. Turns out she has she has got a secret lab. Uh, several, in fact, she does perform experiments uh, on living creatures. In fact, she makes living creatures for the purpose of experimenting on them. Oh. And indeed, she made all of her candy citizens. They wow. are created from whole cloth. Um, for the purpose of adoring and almost worshipping her. She is their, their great and terrible god and also their loving princess. Yeah, there's a darkness there. So how would she be a good president? Because she's making it work. I will grant you it's a, it's a country of her own creation. Um, but she's created a lot of problems there uh, and subsequently fixed them. Yeah, it's rare that um, someone actually gets to shape a country in their own image. Yeah, but she has. She literally has. I mean, one episode you sort of delve into her origins and in the, uh, you know, spoilers, maybe, but um, <laughs> in the aftermath of what they call the Mushroom Wars, that is to say the uh, the apocalyptic nuclear holocaust uh, that creates, you know, that, that blasts away a chunk of the earth and creates the land of Ooh, um, this sort of sentient gum creature comes to life amongst the various sort of zombies and uh, mutants and whatnot. And uh, right. she is she is birthed from the mother gum, and she's <laughs> she's used to having all these other consciousnesses just in there with her, and so her creation of the candy people is her attempt to return to this sort of uh, hive mind womb like state. I so think that's what we're missing in a uh, in a leader is a hive mind. Ultimately, <laughs> I think that we're not organised enough. Democracy is all well and good. But what I would like to see, who I would like to see on the throne or in the, uh, you know, office of whatever shape is someone who really from from the ground up has has built the country to work the way they want it to work. Speaking of people like that, how about Ash Ketchum? (laughs) (laughs) I pretty much only have one thing for Ash Ketchum. The most powerful and organised of all childhood characters. Alright, tell me about Ash Ketchum. Well, I got a couple of things. First of all, his foreign policy would be awful, because he is constantly <laughs> discovering that new places exist. Yeah, they're right next door. Like, you can take a ferry, you can take a train. Yeah, he's always surprised as well. It's like, my god, Scotland, really? <laughs> and they have all these different animals. This is crazy. But um, I think the best thing about Ash Ketchum is that he'd be really tough on crime. Oh, because um, because of it, he's you know got to catch them all, so he just be oh. out there every day. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring up Team Rocket, but no, you're you're saying you're saying criminals as Pokemon. Yeah, and he just trapped them in Pokeballs. Excellent. No, that works. That works great because I was going to say the Team Rocket thing. It's true. He normally prevails, but we we have to admit Jesse and James are not the sharpest uh, criminals in the in the no. prison or whatever. 
But yeah, catching catching criminals in little balls, absolutely. We all know the inside of a Pokeball is not a pleasant place, um, but maybe they can learn to be better in there. I don't know. Does anyone know what the inside of the Pokeball looks like? I've actually watched YouTube videos about this. Um, there are fan speculations, and uh, the practical upshot, I think, is the writers have not have not really thought about it at all, <laughs> so we're free to imagine. But Pikachu doesn't want to go in there, and that's good enough for me. Pikachu would be a great leader. I think he wouldn't. he wouldn't take any nonsense. Ultimately, no. yeah, and he'd be so cute. He'd be so like good at negotiating with foreign leaders because they'd be like, "Oh, I picked you." That's but true. They, <laughs> if they stepped out of line, he'd just shock them. Yeah, it's almost like it, it would be like having a like a child Hollywood star, but like one of the good ones, mm. um, like one of the, one of the Harry Potter kids or something. Um, and they're just you know, Rupert Grint, say, like Ron Weasley at the age of twelve <laughs> becomes like leader of a country, and just be like, "Ah, oh, it's cute. Do what he says. Yeah. Be fine." <laughs> but Pikachu doesn't want to evolve. That's another thing. Pikachu doesn't change. Um, I recall he'd be, that he'd be stuck in the past. Exactly. He, he knows what he, what he does. He does well. Um, yeah. But he would not. He would not evolve to meet new he'd challenges. Appeal to um, you know, like kind of traditional Republican values. That's true. And uh, luckily, we've already found someone who can do that. So <laughs> no worries there. He, he appeals so well to them. He's just so Gosh. cute as well. <laughs> Little orange face. I tell you what, he is shocking. <laughs> Kind of looks a bit like Raichu. <laughs> oh god, I never thought we'd Donald end up here. Trump, the Raichu of the political world, <laughs> the newest Pokemon. No, he's great. We love him. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, ah, oh, I was gonna. This is Adventure Time again, but uh, they've got Abraham god. Lincoln. I'm sorry, but they do. Abraham Lincoln is the king of Mars. Um, sorry. Yeah, in Adventure, in Adventure Time. Time. Mm. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, he sat on that sort of big stone seat that I think there's a statue in Washington, D.C. or yeah, something. Yeah. yeah, he's sat in that sort of perpetually, uh, and he's the king of Mars, and he's running a super society up there. I think he's psychic. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he would be good. The man knows his stuff. He's got experience. I don't think any other president's been shot in the head and carried on being president. And come back to make an even greater society on a different planet. <laughs> Yeah. Are you sure it wasn't Elon Musk? <laughs> no. Although, if we're talking real people who might make good presents, I don't know enough about Elon Musk. He just seems really cool. He does seem cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the idea of a like a crazed inventor as president. You know, mm, like the, yeah, Tesla figure. Yeah, exactly. Well, that makes sense with Elon Musk, but yeah, but it'd be it'd be the best, right? Because they'd all be like, you know, what are you going to do about the housing crisis? And I'd be like, shut up! I have created a car that runs on sunflower oil. It doesn't matter. It's whatever. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> they got all this cool stuff I made. I've created a car that runs on dream <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> Come, my people, ascend into the cloud realm. <laughs> Forget your cares. It's quickly becoming quite creepy. A little bit. I tell you who wouldn't be a good president. Mm. Or, well, she might be, depending on what you think. Miss Trunchbull from Matilda. Oh, so good uh, with crime, though. Yeah, crime. Gone. Yeah. Just, you know. That's it. She's terrifying. You're not gonna get you. You'll get the chokey. Are you kidding me? Forcing criminals that. to eat cake. <laughs> <laughs> well, only only if their crime is stealing cake. If their crime is stealing TVs, then presumably she makes them eat the whole TV. Exactly, and they're not allowed to get up until they finished it in front of the whole school. I like the idea that every every crime she just makes them eat something. We've, we we only have a sample size of one, so we don't know whether the crime is eating or the crime is theft of cake, and we can only assume. <laughs> Eating isn't a crime, that'd be stupid. So the crime is theft of cake, and the punishment is eating that which you stole. Don't steal things from, you know, the knife store. <laughs> no, don't. Steal only food-based items, and even then, you're going to have a bad time. Although, actually, if you were just hungry, and you just stole, like, one banana, God, and then yeah. she forced you to eat one banana... <laughs> no, no, like, oh, the th- here's the thing, much. though, because he stole, like, a slice of cake. I don't think... Oh, no, did he steal the entire cake? No, he stole a slice, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and then he had to eat the entire cake. So you'd, you'd, you'd uh, you know, you'd eat a banana, and you'd have to eat a cask of bananas. But if you're mm. starving, that's a utopia, essentially. Yeah. Only the hungriest, like, Aladdin-style thieves. Yeah, uh, so it's, yeah. Quite, it's quite fair in a way, because it means that, you know, starving people uh, get fed. That's so beautifully simple. But are also punished. Yeah, as they should be. <laughs> Damn the poor. We've got to talk about Peter Pan, because Peter Pan himself, um, absolutely awful ruler. Tyrant, yeah. I mean, yeah, but not only he is—he's um, the prototypical child. Now, I don't, I, have you read the book? No, I don't believe so. I genuinely recommend it, even now, because I think it's a very clever book that appeals across the ages. Because it's—it's it's 
got childish elements to the story. Obviously, we all know the story of Peter Pan, but it's also written um, about children and about childhood, sort of for the parents' benefit, I think. And in the yeah. Disney-fired version, we only get the the kids' story, and we miss out on all the rest. So, mm-hmm. sure, they had the pirates and the Indians and whatever, but also they go into detail about the fact that, for example, Peter Pan forgets all the time because it's the only way to remain a child. He can't yeah. learn from his experiences. So it has this lengthy chapter where i think hook gets him sort of uh, an ambush attack just hook but then pan sort of overcomes him and hook is about to slip to his death and so in a moment of childlike innocence and hook is like pleading for his life and pan reaches down and hook uh, betrays him he like hooks his hand with the hook or whatever as he reaches down to help and it's the shock of the first betrayal that catches him off guard. Not because it's the first betrayal. They've been locked in eternal combat for centuries. This has happened so many times, but he forgets every time because it's the only way to be a child and it's the only way to remain innocent and vulnerable like that. So Peter Pan, absolutely shocking president, unless you (laughs) want things to perpetually remain the same and completely absurd because today he wants to fight Indians, but what's he going to do tomorrow? You don't know. Hmm, I think we should try hyperinflation as an economic policy. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry. Sir, we we tried that last week. Our economy has crashed. (laughs) Oh, hmm, I think we should try hyperinflation as an economic policy. Yeah, we don't have enough of this money stuff. You can get more, right? Let's have some more. Also, yeah, overpopulation would get bad if everyone's eternally young. Oh, that's true, but I don't know that he'd bring Neverland rules with him necessarily. Oh, okay. I don't know. But Wendy um, might be a better proposition. And Captain Hook. Let's talk about Captain Hook, because I will grant you he's the villain of the piece, hmm. but... um. It's also worth bearing in mind, he is in a very aggravating scenario. Like, this eternal, puckish, like, wunderkind is just perpetually, you know, it's a, it's a plague of children. Can I just say, I what? don't think I've ever heard anyone say the word wunderkind <laughs> as much <laughs> as you do. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's the word of the week. Um, yeah, it's so I will grant you that fighting children uh, to the death doesn't necessarily <laughs> paint him in a great light. But let's just take him out of that context, because obviously that's not something you'd expect a president to do. Damn children <laughs> growing up and stealing our jobs. Andy. Adriano. I want to talk about films and games and stories. Books, you know, stories. Okay. So there's a traditional three-act structure, but more than that, there's always a beginning and an end, right? Even to... What? what? I, I, Whoa, I, slow down, I, I realize I I'm blowing your mind. Get this, sometimes there's a middle as well. I mean... Whoa. Even, so even in a series, right, that goes on for freaking ever, like even EastEnders will one day, please God, come to an end. For those who don't <laughs> know, not. that is a soap. Uh, the universe will end. <laughs> we will be condemned to the void and EastEnders will be playing still. <laughs> the stars will have dispersed. Everything will be just a thin gruel. Like, energy levels will be reaching complete homogeny. But EastEnders will echo out <laughs> through the cosmic abyss. But the point is, these stories, they begin, they end, but they exist in this sort of this meta-story world where, like... In ancient Greece and that, the I believe their mythologies became confused because this hero would somehow become involved with this other hero's story and bits and pieces would get borrowed and stolen. I mean, mm-hmm. in, you know, in the Bible, some people theorize, and they may of course be wrong or right, that um, stories of people like Abraham living for hundreds and hundreds of years are a result of various people writing about different figures that then yeah. became, you know, agglomerated into this single being. So... I like the idea of stories that sort of flow into one another unexpectedly. And I would mm. like to talk about sequels, prequels that absolutely should not be made. Or perhaps that really should. Okay. And I, I bring this up because I had an idea once. Um, and it is it is basically a title. But I think it is a, a title so good that you could build something really solid on it. Um, and the title is CSI Love You. Nice. I like it. Thank you. Yeah. So it is, It is. I mean, you know PS I Love You and you know CSI colon whatever city. So mm. is there a colon? It doesn't matter. Um, so this is part thriller, part romantic comedy. So The perfect combination. Yeah, it's, it's not done that often, right? So there's a market there, surely. It's about a serial killer who shares a romantic past 
um, with the detective who is on their case <laughs> and leaves them a trail of romantic clues at the crime scenes with their various victims. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> I'd watch that film. Yeah, me too. I'd watch that series forever. Just imagining them, them kind of like, you know, uh, there's a there's a scene where they're just kind of gazing into each other's eyes <laughs> and they start going, enhance, enhance. <laughs> 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 zooming in on his lips. I like, yeah, the, the guy's like, why are we zooming in on the lips? Are there clues or whatever? <laughs> and she's just like, sort of breathing heavily. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I like that. I think there'd be room for a lot of touching moments. Like, uh, she goes down to pick up a, a bloody knife, like a piece of evidence, but he reaches down at the same time, their fingertips brush. That'd be so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> How would it end, though? I think there's a lot of, there's some ready-made conflict, right? Because she's trying to catch him, but why? Is it to put him behind bars or to rediscover, you know, what they once had? Um, mm. And so she'd, ha- she'd have to make some choices. I'm, I'm putting it as a male serial killer, female detective, but you can flip that or, or you know, make them both the same gender. These, these are modern times. Mm, indeed. And I think, yeah, it would come down to that choice. Yeah, maybe she could, um, you know, imprison him uh, and then, you know, become a prison guard herself. Right. Also and good. That, there's a there's a sequel in that. There is definitely excellent sequel hook. Yeah, yeah, because you've just got him like full on sat on the bunk in his cell, like you know, dim lighting, and then he hears like a tap 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 of footsteps outside his cell, and then he looks up and it's just her silhouette, uh, but yeah, with one naked. of those prison guard hats, <laughs> naked, <laughs> but for the prison guard hat and the truncheon. That is a way to end. <laughs> yeah, and then then you can make like the X rated sequel slash spin off. Well, exactly. So that's uh, that's my initial pitch. Um, I hope you're on board. If any uh, investors oh, and Hollywood producers are listening, uh, <laughs> I'm open to talking about rights. I have a few sequels. Um, yeah, most me. of which are just just bad. That's perfect. I don't that's think exactly most what I want. of these should be made. Um, are you familiar with Twelve Angry Men? Yeah, I haven't seen the it, but I know the courtroom drama from the 1950s. Yeah, um, this one's called Thirteen Angry Men, <laughs> and it's exactly the same premise, but there's just another man. It's just more. <laughs> just added another man. Is he like? And there's, they're more angry, <laughs> even angrier in a world where twelve wasn't enough, <laughs> or just like a really a dramatic poster, and it's just thirteen silhouettes, and then the tagline is like Baker's dozen or whatever. That could work. No, that's good. Um, I like that. That was my entire premise for that film. <laughs> it's uh, it's solid. <laughs> have you seen The Martian? No, I'm told it's amazing. I've bought the okay. book. I have to read it. Yeah. Well, I've got on a sequel, it's called The Venusian, in which Matt Damon gets trapped on Venus and must use his botany skills to save his life until rescue arrives. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, Venus is a much harsher environment than Mars, and yeah. he dies very early in the film. <laughs> he, he melts, more or less, instantly. Yeah, um, it's very much. dramatic. Yeah. He's like, I will use my botany skills, and he steps outside his capsule, and just immediately <laughs> He's just seared. Yeah, it's just, that's it, it just evaporates, it sublimes into the atmosphere. And then it's just like, the rest of the film is just like back at Mission Control and they think he's still alive. Yeah, they're sending messages. They're like, they're figuring out a plan. They're there at all hours of the morning. Just like, maybe we'll make contact. Like, it's okay. It's okay. We've figured it out. Here's what you need to do. Yeah. Maybe the wind like blows his stuff around and they're like, look, he's still there. He's moving his things around. (laughs) Yeah. The GPS is going nuts. This guy's on a trek and it's just like being (laughs) blasted around the planet on whatever foul winds they've got. (laughs) He must have found something. We've got to get a second squad together to go and pick him up. They all go, step outside, die. Yeah, yeah. There's endless sequels in this, really. Yeah, it just keeps going. It's the story of this incredibly inept mission control, just ever hopeful. One day they'll bring someone back, and what wonders they will have to tell them. Oh, God. All right, well, let me let me hit you with this. Um, you know Wally. Wally, yeah. As it, yeah, so the, the classic Pixar film with a look cute little robot. Mm-hmm. And it ends on a very upbeat note. It ends with a thoroughly babified humanity. Yeah, uh, emerging, blinking into the the new dawn of uh, an old and rubbish civilization that they're going to attempt their, to restore. Their bones somehow not breaking immediately from <laughs> centuries of space travel. Yeah, one does wonder. They're not doing much resistance training up there. Uh, they are no. simply vegetating, and uh, suddenly they learn to walk and everything. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's a it's a lovely ending. It's a great film. I love it, but. I don't I don't really buy the idea that they're not all dead within about half an hour. Probably not, no. They wouldn't even resort to eating each other, because I think even those base survival instincts are gone by this point. If they're not being served that weird, like, slurry in those 
Starbucks oh, yeah. cups, then they're just done. So I'm imagining that I'm imagining Wally and Eva and the other robots just sort of roving around over their desiccated, plump corpses. Oh, just like crushing them into cubes. Exactly, because and that's all he knows. Like he met humans for a while, and they were nice and all. But you know, his job is to make cubes, and he's got Eva, wow. and he's happy. So that's just what would happen, that's so <laughs> straight dark. up. And 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 the thing is, Wally is the only one who knows Earth, and so these machines they would look to him as a prophet, because yeah. their functions were all on the space station, like that weird cruise ship thing. No one needs yeah. their hair cut now. No one needs to play artificial tennis or whatever. No one needs bodyguarding. <laughs> Cutting the hair of the cubes. Yeah. But the world still needs cubes is the thing. Wally was yeah. designed to build cubes on a forgotten world and the world is still there and cubes, God damn it, that's what he's going to do. And uh, anyway, fast forward a few thousand years. Uh, eventually, they're all just rusted out and, you know, forgotten even them. And all that remains is the cubes. Um, and at that stage, you have Minecraft. <laughs> right so what some like old human settlers come back and they're like oh i assume they would cute yeah they'd either come from some secondary spaceship that was sent off on an exploratory voyage or but no the people are themselves cubes as well so i would imagine you'd have to wait so long maybe millions of years for life to re-evolve in a now yeah. entirely cubified environment. And, <laughs> and it would adapt. And so cubes is all there would be. And that's where Minecraft came from. I think so. It's a sequel. Wow. Yeah. That's a great sequel. I think so, yeah. Oh. I mean, it's very popular. I think they should publicise that more. Yeah, I know. I assume it's a copyrights issue. Quite possibly, yeah. Mm. It's a spiritual successor to Wally. I think so. Definitely. <laughs> and so maybe they'll bring him in as DLC at one point. Oh, that'd be cool. Mm. Like, imagine, yeah. imagine you're in Minecraft, and at some point you reach, like, you... You dig too deep, or you you roam too far, and you find the place where the cubes end. There mm. is just there are new and frightening shapes. The world doesn't know how it should be, and then just on a far distant hilltop, a tiny silhouette roving around and just quietly making the cubes oh, that have all you've ever found a crushed up human cube. Yeah, in Minecraft. Right, <laughs> God, <laughs> it's like an eye staring at you. It would be like the Cuban Monsters Inc. when uh, uh, when Sully thinks that Boo has been crushed in the trash compactor, oh, and yeah. he finds that cube and it's absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> he faints like four times, and then there's just her eye just sort of flops out of it. <laughs> that, that it would be that moment. Okay, I've got a list of, of just bad sequels now Go. to add to them. Um, Apocalypse Now, the famous film about war in, in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. The sequel, uh, Apocalypse in a Moment. <laughs> Apocalypse, uh, give us about five. Yeah, ooh. Are you, oh, I'm a bit busy, Apocalypse. <laughs> Apocalypse, I'll see when I can slot you in. Just a very laid-back war in Vietnam. You want to declare war yet? Ah, uh, bit busy this mm. month. Oh, yeah, I haven't had lunch yet. Yeah, so. kind of tired, to be honest. Yeah, I quite like the idea that Apocalypse in a Moment is just... Um, the people from Apocalypse Now turning up at battles, but a bit late, and the battles are finished. And they're just like, oh. <laughs> Apocalypse any minute now. Any minute. That's the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> it's like two hours long, and it's just them waiting <laughs> for it to start. I like the idea of showing up to conflicts just a minute too late. In the same way that I like it as um, a superhero who has the power of teleportation or something. Like, they're, they're able to get to the scene of the crime, but the proviso is always a couple of minutes late. So yeah. they arrive and the thief has, has long ago made off into the night and they're just left with the crying victim. So they, they just become consolation man or whatever, essentially. Like, what else are you going to do? Where was this guy in the uh, the superhero? <laughs> and they just they just keep on coming. Can't stop thinking about them. <laughs> I like I like Consolation Man or Apology Man. Just like, mm. where were you? And I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm just I'm so sorry. <laughs> Consolation prize. <laughs> <laughs> I must go. Someone else need needed me a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> Other great sequels: um, mm-hmm. Gandhi Two, Gandhi Two, <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Gandhi rises from the grave. I like the idea of any like serious biopic for a deceased but truly great historical figure having a yeah. sequel. Equally, Shakespeare plays like Hamlet too would be good. Oh yes, they're all it's dead. Pretty much just um, oh, I've forgotten the name of his uh, his friend Horatio. You played Horatio. Hamlet, man. Shut you up. were lying in Horatio's <laughs> arms. 
in that final scene. <laughs> you have the least excuse of anyone I know to forget that. I have a very busy life, <laughs> and I forget things. All right, man. All right. Um, yeah, it's just Horatio because he's pretty much the only character which doesn't die. That is true. And it's just him, like, wearing Hamlet's clothes and going around saying Hamlet-y things. <laughs> just trying so hard to bring it yeah, back. Yeah, he's holding the skull, going, like, alas, poor Yorick. Yeah, but there's no one around to listen. Like, Denmark has long no, ago fallen into... desolate wasteland. Yeah, Civil War. Yeah. It's Horatio. Uh, do, you, do you know the film Carrie? I... Stephen, well, Stephen King. I have not seen, but I've I've heard of. Okay, it's a cult phenomenon. Yeah, uh, in which you I know, saw a play girl. based on it once. Yeah, um, with superpowers, and she like goes a bit crazy after being bullied and whatever, mm. and like basically burns everyone to the ground. But I think <laughs> so. She deals good... with them less well than Matilda says. Yeah, not not as well as Matilda. Okay. Like Matilda, if she was a bit messed up, right? Um, but a good mashup would be a sequel to that, which is Carry On Carrying. Oh God, yes. But is it like really upbeat? Yeah, yeah. It's the entire Carry On cast. Amazing. We bring them back. They're still around, right? <laughs> You're going to have to tell me what Carry On is, because I confess my Do you ignorance. not know what Carry On is? No, I don't, sorry. Carry okay, Carry On was a phenomenon in, like, the, I think, 60s and 70s, maybe. Okay. Um, Of just, like, really bawdy humour. It was kind of, like, um, just kind of really lewd, um, like, saucy okay. um, films, which were just... It was always the same set of characters, and they always played kind of or like actors, and they always played similar characters. All right. So you'd recognise them in all these different films. They were like carry on, they were like carrying up the Niger, carry on camping, all these different weird like in the Wild West, okay. uh, in Egypt, that kind of thing. Huh. All very like ooh, uh, Mrs. That's what. Yeah. Right, right. Almost like a, almost vaudeville-esque or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. Cabaret, but, but in I, film. But I think a, a horror carry. But done in that style. Oh, would be God. Quite good. Yeah. No, absolutely. That sounds incredible. I've got a thing written here which just says, Why didn't they call Mulan 2 too long? <laughs> <laughs> did, did you write this? I did, yeah. <laughs> That's such a good question. I mean, there's a lot of questions when it comes to Disney sequels. The main one being, why do they make them? But that is another excellent question. Now, actually, I've heard it said Mulan 2 is one of the reasonable ones. I haven't actually seen it. But I do know no, that Jungle Book 2 is a travesty. I've not seen any of the sequels. Uh, I cannot recommend. Now, the interesting thing is, Pocahontas 2 uh, is actually closer to the real history, I gather. Because oh, right. uh, I don't know how much you know about Pocahontas. Not a lot. No. Well, I mean, yeah, apparently they, they Hollywood, Hollywoodified it to make it a nice, neat love story with John Smith. But apparently IRL, I think she leaves John Smith for another guy or so. It gets a bit more complicated, a bit less black and white, family friendly, nuclear family type of thing. Um, and mm. that's kind of what happens in the sequel. John Smith is like gone i don't know he's in jail i can't remember what's up but she's with this other guy and she's brought to england so that she can learn our civilized ways and it's a film about her like you know now you have to wear this dress and corset and drink tea ha 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 how absurd um and it's actually kind of dark when you think about it because it's, yeah. it's literally about uh yes we've come to civilize you you backward backward <laughs> brown person um, but it's done in cartoons and songs and whatnot. So therefore, so, it's great. <laughs> yeah, but it, the, the Disney films are full of that sort of darkness. I mean, look at um, the mermaids, the Little Mermaid, and then that chef singing about eating fish. And there are sentient yeah. fish from hell to breakfast in that film. In fact, he very nearly from hell to breakfast. Sebastian. That's a great expression. <laughs> it is. I don't think I've heard from hell to breakfast before. Have you not? Yeah, no. left, right, and center. How far it, is it from hell to breakfast? I would assume very far, Andy. Mm, yeah, yeah. So. I don't think they serve breakfast in hell, so you know. Another bad sequel is uh, um, which I thought of was um, a sequel to Indiana Jones and Last Crusade, mm. which I'd call Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. <laughs> do you see what I've done there? Do you see what I've done there, Adriana? I've, uh, I do. I've oh. done a critique of a, an existing film. That's really it's funny. A, a piece of crap I've just thought up. <laughs> I tell, I tell you what, you may you may have heard of the um, the popular uh, science fiction series uh, Star Wars. Star Wars, yes. Star Wars plural. Uh, it's yes. not just one war. It is it is no, plural they wars. Made seven. Well, they made three, you see. Um, and then I was thinking a fun a fun thing to do might be if you made yeah, another yeah. one, but you made it episode one, and so you just, you go back, but not even just not you don't go one back. You go 
three back. Yeah. And then you can make really three like bad yeah. ones that people don't like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then after that, you, you go to the, the, you make like a seventh one. But then people actually like that one, and so you kind of come from Yeah, so you circle. have to go back again and go episode <laughs> minus three, and then work your way forward, and then make it even worse. I really like that idea, with like the corruption of Darth Vader, or whatever the tipping point being, like becoming your zero point, and then you just expand backwards and forwards <laughs> across that timeline. <laughs> Until you cover like 2,000 years of history. Why not? It's my understanding, I'm not much of a Star Wars guy, I'm really not, but... um. It's my understanding that there's a whole extended universe where there's a million novels and stuff written in that world. Yeah, although I have a feeling that George Lucas or someone has been very keen to be like, nope, all that's gone now. Oh, really? Yeah, quite possibly. Cool. I bet the fans love that. Yeah. The truest fans, like the most hardcore, the ones that are going to keep on buying your DVDs forever. (laughs) Just alienate them. Even if they've already got the DVD, I'll just keep buying it forever. (laughs) Well, they will, because they keep remastering the damn things and putting more CGI. They literally, I don't know how many times they've sold this film to people, this series. We've added 50% more Ewoks. (laughs) You will (laughs) not believe. Please pay £40. (laughs) I think, actually, though, if they used that remastering to get rid of Jar Jar Binks, I think a lot of people would buy that film. Yeah, oh, straight up. I want them to keep re-releasing episode one with ever-enhanced Jar Jar Binks. Like, <laughs> more realistic physics, his eye stalks wobble that much more fluidly, look at the yeah. sheen on his skin and his voice, we've made it reverberate. He becomes more and more disgusting at every iteration. Yeah, it becomes like one of those um, Spongebob scenes where they go unnecessarily close in on their skin and it's like yeah. all pustules and hairs and stuff. Yeah, oh. he just becomes this like grotesquely realistic creature. Uh, have you seen Doctor Strange? This is just unrelated, I suppose. I have but... not. No, I want I... to, though. I recommend, yeah. The effects are very, very good. I mean, the plot I, is... I can imagine is, you but... being in Doctor Strange as Doctor Strange, actually. Really? Yeah, That's I don't know why. Too. You have that kind of look about you. Well, I'd like... I mean, I'd, I would love to play Doctor see, Strange. See, means the listeners don't know what Adriano looks like, unless <laughs> they are one of the listeners who is our friends, which is all of our listeners. One hundred percent at at time of recording. Someday this will all seem like a funny joke when there are thousands of you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> uh, but Adriano is like he has like a moustache which he sometimes waxes and uh, just generally looks like um uh like a, a high quality magician in some <laughs> respects. High quality one, thank you. Yeah, I, not one you. of your budget magicians. I appreciate this. Yeah, well, so I think I'd be a good Doctor Strange. Yeah, Andy, for those who don't know, um, looks almost like a exactly... tiny hobbit man. <laughs> Shrunken. <laughs> he looks almost exactly like Cassilius from Doctor Strange. Um, oh, I, I don't know who after, that is. After after he's talked to Dumamu, and uh, you, you know what's going on with the eyes. Yeah, that too. Wow, I understand that so so much. Yeah, look look it up after the recording. You'll, okay. be, you'll be surprised. At the how resemblance much will be uncanny. I'm him. sure. Absolutely. Anyway, Doctor Strange. Re- I recommend it. It's like a the Matrix did great stuff with effects. Doctor Strange does great stuff with effects. It's like they looked at Inception when they were like folding cities yeah, yeah. and things, and they were like, "No more fold the city into a swan." Yeah, they <laughs> they more or less do. It gets like fractal. It's uh, it's wow. it's quite insane. It's very cool. And I'm about done for uh, films and that. The only other thing I was going to mention, and this more than anything else, this isn't really a sequel I've thought of, but you've heard the theory, I assume, that um, Leonardo DiCaprio has only ever played one character. Uh, yeah. That he is he is one man, and I forget how it goes, but he... God, how does it go? I think Titanic is what gives him the fear of water and the <laughs> dead lover that then he has in Great Gatsby. Yeah. And people have woven this whole fan theory backwards and forwards in time. Uh, it's pretty spectacular. And that's why he's only won one Oscar, because it's all the same film uh, yeah. character thing. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, it's truly like the most hard-earned Oscar of all time, the man's entire career. <laughs> it's based on this one like his incredible dedication what if leonardo dicaprio's life is is just one character you mean what if what if leonardo dicaprio is one cohesive coherent person <laughs> who just exists from the moment of his birth to the moment of his death Wouldn't yeah that be but crazy it's, but it's all been an act like <laughs> it's for another film it's about a tortured actor who spends his entire life trying to get an oscar <laughs> and then he finally does and he realizes that it was pointless i like that well, I mean, people have been joking for ages that when they come to make a biopic of Leo's life, the actor who plays him will get an Oscar for it. <laughs> but uh, now that he finally like that. has his Oscar, I guess they can uh, they can stop mocking him. 
What yeah. was it for? It was for the Revenant, right? It was, which many people said was unjustified. They thought he should have got it for um, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I like I saw the Revenant. I was nearly falling asleep in that cinema. Um, it's not the bear. Something happened though with a bear, Adrian. It was it was cinema right at the beginning. And bear, I'm not. What did a bear do? It like kind of assaulted him. Have you seen the film? No. Okay, let me tell you about the film, Andy. Okay. It's a very pretty film, and it's an extremely long film. Good. And the story is spoiler alert. Um, there's a guy. <laughs> wow, guy. Okay, I'm excited already. Shush. There's these people. I forget what it is, but they're hauling. Wait, there's, there was a guy, and now there's people as well. <laughs> oh, God, there's more than one. Uh, there's, he has a son. It's nuts. No, we're talking pioneer times, right? There's Native American Indians, um, and there's you know the white folk who come over to steal all their stuff. And I forget what it is that they're stealing. Um, it's it's some sort of resource. They have to lug it cross country. It's a perilous life out on the fringes. Are they stealing um, bears? No, the bear is <laughs> incidental. Okay. Anyway, so this guy, and he has a son, and he has a son who is who is half Native American. So it's a little okay. bit it's a little bit tense with the other the other white folk, and they're constantly being attacked by Indians. It's tough times, and what happens is he gets attacked by a bear um, and almost killed and left for dead. And then I think the guy who he was in a team with, it was just him, his son, and then this other guy, they were off on a scouting mission or whatever. Um, and he betrays him and he buries him alive, I think. What? Um, yeah, in front of him. He tries not to let the son know, but the son finds out because he's like, yeah, we've got to leave <laughs> him behind. Son, don't look. I'm sorry. I'm just burying this guy alive. He sends him off to get water or something. <laughs> I can't notice. I Dad, really... why is that mound of earth moving? <laughs> I just... Um... No, no, it's the other way. He buries his father. They're, so their oh, their buddy, their teammate is treacherous. He's like uh. motivated by riches. He just wants to move on. He thinks this guy, who is like their best tracker, which is why the the chief is like, no, we've got to bring him along, even though he's paralyzed and he's never going to recover. And you know, they, he's in a coma. They think he's going to die. And this guy is like, we just need to put him out of his misery. Move along. We're going to get killed, <laughs> dragging him around. Eventually, when he gets the chance, he tries to kill him, fails, and then Leo spends the rest of the film coming back to get his revenge, hence The Revenant. And most of the film... So the bear incident happens very early on. And yes, it is incredible. I mean, it's really visceral. Mm. Um, But the rest of the film is him... Hello, listeners. It's me, Andy, from the future. You're probably wondering why I'm talking to you right now. Well, Adriano, at this point, goes on to explain the entire plot of The Revenant, which, if you haven't seen the film... Uh, sort of gives it entirely away. So, for the interest of those who haven't seen the film, and uh, because I am quite egotistical and like the sound of my own voice, this is me testing out my new microphone. It's nice, isn't it? Um, It doesn't sound like I'm talking from inside a bin anymore, which I think is quite an improvement. Anyway, we should probably get back to the show now. Bye. Wow. I'm quite glad you've told me that, because now I have no reason to ever watch that film. Yeah, I've saved you some time. Um, and it's very pretty. If you want to see like incredible nature photography, and if you want to see a guy who really does look like he is dying, swimming through frozen rivers <laughs> with icicles in his beard, and Watch like lugging his way... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Steer clear of this, my friend. Reverend's rubbish. No, it looks so like gritty and real, and what Leo is doing is amazing. And at one point, I think he has to eat a horse's... He has to disembowel a, a, a moose or something. I can't remember... Like, and, and he has to, like, huddle up inside its corpse so he can survive the night. And I don't know if they did that with a real moose. I mean, those are real moose guts, I'm pretty sure, who was pulling mm. out of that thing. Like, it's it's gruesome, and it's, you know, and it's real, but it's also a bit boring. Um, <laughs> so, it's, I think they gave him an Oscar because it's just like, wow, fair play, man. These are the lengths you're willing to go to. Yeah, it's just like, is an Oscar these days just like physical endurance? It's kind of like an Olympic event. <laughs> A little bit, isn't it? It's like, yeah, but th- the funny thing is, another way to get an Oscar, I'm told, is you play, like, a mentally disabled character really yeah. well. Like, his first with, film uh... with a What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He played that kid per. I mean, I'm not an expert, but it it was an incredible performance, I would have said. He was 16 or whatever. No Oscar for that. Wait until he has to eat a horse's heart, then <laughs> give him the Oscar. Really just well, dangling. Oscar committee people are sitting around like... Okay, cop this joke's gone too far, guys. <laughs> no, no, we can't give him now. He's destroying himself. It'll look forced if we just give it to him for Wolf of Wall Street. We've got to wait for him to really push the boat out. 
Guys, you can't make him eat a horse's heart. You can't. <laughs> no, I bet we can. Watch. Watch how his eyes light <laughs> up when we dance. Leo, Leo, if you if you eat this horse's heart, we'll give you an Oscar. Yeah, <laughs> and then they all start laughing to each other. <laughs> They're just calling him up, just like from the office phone, just like you know we haven't heard from him in a while. It's Leo. Oh yeah, give him a buzz. It's Friday afternoon. We're not doing anything anyway. <laughs> God, it's dripping. I'm getting a bit on my hair actually, it's kind of all matted. Mm. Ooh, it's not pleasant, is it? And the acoustics are not nice, very echoey. No. Yeah. You wouldn't think it'd be so echoey inside a giant sea monster, would you? <sighs> no, but I mean, it's pretty, pretty big stomach we're floating around in there. Yeah. That's good, really. No, it's not cracked. To, yeah, just bring you up to date, listeners. We're, um, our submarine was, you know, engulfed by the hypothetical podcast. Mm. And we are now inside, inside its stomach, floating. Uh, on top of our submarine, on a sea of gastric juice. Mm-hmm. It smells something awful, let me tell you. Yeah. Absolutely foul. Just um, James Cameron floating by there. Oh, Still there asleep. he goes again. Yep. Well, may, may, he, may he rest peacefully. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> he is fine. We'll be up again on the submarine. He's just popped in for a swim. Yeah, just a, a classic rejuvenating swim in the uh, in the corrosive uh, stomach acid. Well, he's got goggles on; it'll be fine. That's true. That's true. And we did we did find his necklace. He was happy about that. Oh yeah, yep. Good news, listeners. We have uh, got the necklace from the Titanic, um, which had also been eaten by this sea monster. In here all along. Who'd have thought? Yeah. Last place you'd look, isn't that right? Yeah. So yeah. absolutely the last place you'd look, and it may be the last place that we look as well. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Hypotheticals podcast, do look us up on Twitter. We're at Hypotheticals. That's H-Y-P-E-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L-S. And I, individually, am at Mr. Howell. That's M-R-H-O-W-L. And I, individually, am uh, at Rain Tortoise. Um, you know, like water falling from the sky. And uh, I'm running out of um, ways to describe a tortoise, Adrian. <laughs> It's like a, it's like a pasty that's really difficult to eat. <laughs> Ultimately, right? So that's rain, the weather phenomenon, and tortoise like a pasty that's really difficult to eat. See you next time. <laughs>